Hey everybody, before we get started today, we have some vital news for Apple Podcast listeners. In case you haven't heard, Apple recently did another update. This update kicked a lot of our followers off the show and paused notifications for new episodes. It even happened to some of our own team members, so you definitely want to check out your settings. To see if this happened to you, open your podcast app, search for the 200% Life, and select the show page. In the top right corner, you may see either a follow button or a pause symbol. Tap either one of those to make sure you are following the show and getting new downloads. This really helps you by making sure new episodes show up in your feed so you never miss an episode. It also makes sure new episodes are downloaded to your phone so you can listen to them when you're not connected to Wi-Fi. It's also really helpful to us. When you follow the show, the algorithm helps us spread the 200% life philosophy to new listeners. This is true for other platforms as well. So while you're at it, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or another favorite platform, please be sure to hit the follow, subscribe, or like button. This helps us reach new listeners and teach them how to use business as a conduit for their personal growth. And as always, we'd love to hear any questions you'd like us to cover on the show. Maybe it's a situation you're struggling with personally, or a topic you think would be helpful to a friend. You can drop your questions in the Q&A box in the show notes on Spotify, or you can email us at hello at adamhergenrother.com. And don't forget to turn on your notifications to be alerted when we cover them. Welcome back, everybody. I am Adam Hergenrother, joined by my chief of staff, Hallie Warner. This is Business Beat Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. If you like what you're listening to, uh, which we appreciate you all listening and, and staying with us for uh, season two, uh, we are now in 57 countries and we've reached over 20,000 downloads. So we're really excited. If you, if you like what you are listening to and you think somebody else could benefit from it, we would love for you to share this podcast with them or your favorite episode with them. Or if you haven't, please subscribe to make sure that you are staying up to date with all the new podcasts that we release. So today is uh, April 8th. Um, I'm timestamping a few of these just because it helps with some relevancy um, in podcasts and some podcasts that I'm listening to. I appreciate the fact of hearing some timestamps. Um, but there's been a lot of conversation now, obviously, with COVID-19 affecting the global economy and how it affects um, individuals' wallets. And one of the conversations in the teachings that we've been doing in a lot of our uh, online seminars or our Thrive class uh, or in just conversations with our 400 plus people has been, um, what is, how do you tighten up your wallet, right? And how do you, how do you stop spending money on things that you um, shouldn't be spending money on and where to spend money on? So we, today we, Hallie and I want to have this conversation about where to spend money and what not to spend money on. And then of course, like always we want to get deep as to why you're even spending money in the first place, right? <laughs> right. Um, Cause I think that's an important conversation to ask. So first and foremost, if you haven't um, felt the, ec the economy um, or the, the lack there of the economy right now, you most certainly will um, at some point, somehow it'll trickle back down to you um, to make sure that you have to tighten up your, your wallet. So as people do this, whether that is, you know, you have your basic things that you can do, right? So if you have, just kind of start there, right? So if you have like your car, how do you refinance your car payment? If you have your house payment, how do you defer some payments? Those are tactics that I think a lot of people are hearing and most likely employing um, to kind of save some money right now. But really what you're doing is, yes, maybe you save some money or maybe you're kicking it down the road a little bit, but I'd like to take this to a deeper conversation and say, why are you spending money in the first place? 
And I, I say that generally, it's not that you don't need to spend money. And I'm not saying it's not okay to spend money. I'm just saying, why are you spending any dollar that you're spending right now, period? Yeah. So, I mean, I did that exercise, I don't know, a couple of months ago, actually, when I got back from vacation, when I was reevaluating my entire life, um, I went back <laughs> through my all of my um, personal expenses. And, and, and I think that's the same exercise that we keep teaching other people right now. And it really makes you look at, yes, about refinancing or yes, where can you get deductions? But really, out of all of the things that you're spending money on and you look at your credit card um, receipt or your bank account, why, what are the wants? What are the needs? What do you even need in your life? Why do you need seven subscriptions to, you know, TV, you know, Netflix and mm-hmm. Prime and Hulu and all of that, yeah. all of that stuff. But I do think it, it's just such a great way to evaluate what is important in your life and what's not. And this is a, like a forced exercise because... You really should be tightening up yes. your your wallet right now because you don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of months. But for me, it made me really look at like what is even important. Why do I need these things? And and you know what do I want in my life and what do I not want in my life? Yeah, and I think uh, well, let's talk about that. One of the things that you can do to start this exercise is you can go and say, well, what would it look like if I only had a thousand dollars a month to spend? And this is something that we did with Project U. We had our participants really go through and they worked with this budget. And and these people, by the way, to give some reference you know, they're probably spending eight to $15,000 a month on kind of fixed expenses, on personal, expenses. personal expenses, mm-hmm. not business expenses, just personal expenses. And so I said to everybody, I said, you know, what would it look like to literally go back and spend a thousand dollars a month? And I'm not saying you need to, that's not that none of this is telling you to go do anything. It's just designed to create curiosity in your mind as to what you could do. Um, and, and ultimately where you're deriving, um, peace from and not just happiness. So we'll get into that conversation, but what would it look like to spend a thousand dollars in the exercise? It's funny when you sit down and actually go through it, not just for 30 seconds, you'd have to sell it. Most likely you'd have to sell your house, mm-hmm. right? You'd have to buy something that you could pay cash for from the equity from your house, maybe a mobile home, maybe it's a small condo or something along those lines. Again, we're not saying it's your ideal situation. I'm just saying you could, mm-hmm. you could, you could live off a thousand dollars fixed expenses. Right. And, um, and so what would that look like? And how do you bring it down to there? And then you can, then from there though, what you're doing is now you're figuring out what do I really want to add back in? And so the whole point of the exercise is to get you to the bare absolute minimum and some of you, some people could even get below a thousand dollars a month. They're like, "Hey, made this thing like, hey, I can get to three hundred dollars a month, and that's just my taxes that I have to pay, or whatever it is, right?" I mean, you could drop your cell phone, you could get internet, you could remove internet, you could remove your cable, you could remove any subscription you have, you could sell your car and buy a, you know, a car that you use for the equity that you have in there, or that you that you had from the house that you had. Mm-hmm. And then so you, you live make- live in like buy a like a camper type yeah, thing. That you mean, just, there's, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things you can do and, and people can get excited about that for you know, a moment and they go, well, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And that's not the point. I'm not saying you need to and, and there's options in life and options are great. I like options too, just like everybody else does. The point is to get you thinking of what would it actually look like to spend a thousand dollars? Then what you want to start doing is rebuilding your budget. So let's just use an example of you're spending $5,000 a month and you go down to a thousand. Now, what is it that we want to actually spend on now? What is it? Is it, is the house more important? Is convenience more important? Is time more important or is, you know, things more important, right? Cause everyone, or are you doing all of that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And, um, and, and we'll, we'll start at the place where, why do people buy things anyways? Right. Why, why does somebody buy anything that they just, cause need people like I need that. Well, and you know, and my, my son's actually sitting here, we're doing this podcast and, and, and helping out. And, um, one of the things he always says to me, he goes, I need this game. And it's like $8. And I'm like, you don't need anything. You, you, you don't <laughs> need that. And my point is that, um, 
a lot of us though, and we go to our kids and we say they don't need a lot of these things, but yet we're displaying the same behavior Mm -hmm. when we go out and say, well, I need that new house. I need that new car. I even need that new job. I need, I need something in my life. It's just displaying that I'm not okay right now. Therefore I'm saying I need this in, in hopes of it connecting and making me feel good. And we know that's not really ever going to happen because once you get it and for a period of time, it may throw you some scraps of happiness, right? Cause you'll feel this unlifting, which we've talked about a lot in this podcast, but then what does it do after that? Right. And it goes, I need something else. There's, you ever notice it's, or there's just stress related to whatever it is that you spent money on. Well, that's the other thing, right? Yeah. I mean, people get, I, there's so much, what, 50% of divorces are because of just, um, financials mm-hmm. and it's because people got themselves so wrapped up in money and things thinking it's going to fix their marriage mm-hmm. <laughs> that they thought that was going to do it. Or people are like, you know, our marriage isn't good. So we're going to have a child. <laughs> yeah. Or I do wonder, I mean, sometimes the finance thing is that there's, people have different value, uh, values of where to spend money. And I think that that also fi- causes a lot of fights. It's not necessarily about having all the money. It's about what people value and yes. where they want the money to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we'll, we'll touch on to that in a second. You know, it's, 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 it's about it, but it's just, it creates a lot more stress. I said this in the Thrive class and I've got some responses from it is it is much, you have a much better feeling, an internal feeling when you know you're going home and you have money in the bank and you are living way below your means. That feeling is so much better than having any car or any house that anybody could ever view. And why? Well, it's, it's, well, for one, it's not creating, well, there's two things. One is that, um, it's a false identity. It's a false identity that you know is false and that you know you can't afford. And so you're trying to protect your ego by showcasing this outermost form of saying, look at me, and then look not, at right, me. And then not living true to yourself is just, that's a whole other Yeah, when conflict. you're saying, look at me, yeah. and then real in, inside you're going, I'm scared as hell. Mm. I can't afford this. This isn't me, but then anybody asks, and like, look at me. And then all you, then what, what you do- what if you can afford it and you- Well, we'll get to that part okay. in a second. Yeah. Like you just, you're saying, look at me. Well, because that's how most Americans are living on in, in debt, right? Which is just what it is, um, statistics. And so you would say most of them can't afford that. Okay, sure. Most people yeah. can't afford what they actually have for lifestyle. So you say, look at me. I need to keep up with people. I need to make sure I'm showcasing this stuff. And, uh, and so what happens, you do this and inside, you know, that it's wrong. You know, that that's why people are yearning for this authenticity. They actually want to simplify their life. Simplify simplification is new sexy, right? We've talked about that a lot and people want to simplify their lives, but they're almost afraid to, what is somebody going to say? So what you've done is you've now built this, this world in your mind that says in order for me to feel okay, I need to have these things. But here's the problem. Everything in the world changes. Nothing is permanent. Nothing. Everything is in constant change. Your body is in constant change. If you haven't noticed, the world is in constant change. Weather patterns are in constant change. Everything is constantly changing. So you have these seasons that happen in life and in the larger seasons in the cosmos. And so when you're looking at all this stuff, you know that if something starts to change from that, you then feel like you're way out of control because the, the model of who you are that you just built up through things is now crashing down or is now being disrupted somehow. And so that causes a whole sense of fear and insecurity because everything you thought you were, which is just a self-made you know, perception in the mind anyways, just thoughts created, um, will then derail you from going out there and, uh, and actually achieving what it is that you're looking for through all those things anyways, which is inner peace. There's, let me just explain something to you real quick. There's happiness. Happiness is a fleeting moment. Happiness is conditioned upon something, 
right? Happiness is when I, you know, people say, when I go on vacation, I get happy. Well, maybe, maybe not, right? It's you're living. A lot of times I see people even on vacation, they're still living in the future. Like, Hey, tomorrow we're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing that next day. Or I can't wait for it to get even nicer over here. Dude, when I was in Jamaica two years ago, like three days into my vacation, I was planning my next vacation a year from that, from then. Yeah. What is like, what is wrong with it? It's because, well, something wrong with you. It's because the mind can only survive in the past or in the future. Yeah. And so when we've built our mental models of our world, we're on vacation, but we're not even on vacation. No. Right. You're just, you're now, you're, you're, you're opening up more, which does it. In fact, I even, I think a lot of times there's like, there's this, 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 the future event of going on vacation feels more than actual vacation for a lot a hundred, of people. For me, they get it does. There, they're like, oh my God, it, it's going to be amazing. It's going to do all this stuff. And all of a sudden like the airport's long. I missed my <laughs> thing here. I'm stressing out. My kids are over there. Like I'm spending all this money. I'm putting on credit cards, you know, and do it. And then all of a sudden you come back. Then the funny thing is though, then when you get past the vacation and somebody, you walk into the office the next morning or the, when you come back and be like, how's the vacation? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It was yeah. amazing vacation. Cause then all you're doing is now you're focused on the past. past right because your mind can only survive in the past and only survive in the future so it always is creating events that you need to strive for that's just your mind that's the ego hijacking the mind and getting you to concentrate on that remember there's the mind there's the ego and there's you the ego takes shape and hold of the mind and that's why you have all of these thoughts that constantly are unwillful that come up because that's how it controls you you know and and i was having a conversation with someone the other day who I could just sense was very angry and they typically don't get angry. And it's one of my, my, um, runs a very large business with my friends. And I said, Hey, I just sense a lot of anger right now with you. Um, and he goes, yeah, I'm just really angry. And what I said to him, I said, well, did you, where'd the anger come from? <laughs> I said, did you create it? Did you sit down and go get angry? <laughs> and he's like, he laughed for a second. He goes, no. I said, well, well then what's, what purpose is it doing in you? Why hold on to this? I said, well, cause I asked him, I said, how long have you been angry? He goes, it's been a couple of days. And I said, well, did you sit down and say, create anger? And he's like, no, I didn't. <clears throat> so I said, what is the benefit of you holding on to this anger right now? And he just sat there for a few minutes and he's like, well, I guess there is no benefit. I said, then why are you still resisting it? Why are you still persisting this? Why are you still even giving this any attention? If you didn't create it and now it's there, but now you're addicted to it, why even stay with it? And I understand the pull is very difficult. I understand it's hard, but what it did is it all of a sudden separated. And he's like, wow, I can start to feel myself coming off this. You feel you being pulled away from the anger or the emotion, right? And, and is it the ego or the mind that is the anger? Well, the it's ego both. hijacks the mind into creating all of these thoughts. It's just like if somebody hijacks your computer and starts running your computer, it's not really the computer's fault. Mm -hmm. It's the hijacker who hijacked your computer to get on there. And that's what happens with the mind. People don't when, when understand this fully is that the ego, the energy source, that, that, that pull that gets you to, you know, when you're in a, in a state of consciousness or a good place, you could say, I would never say that to Hallie. I just wouldn't, I would never say that to my partner. I just, I would never do that. But then all of a sudden in the middle of the battle, what do you say? You lose control. Mm -hmm. You can't control that. And that lower self takes over and that energy is so strong. It forces you to say it, knowing that you're going to damage the relationship knowing that you're going to do all that stuff. So the ego actually, just like a computer, it hijacks your mind and then just takes control of it. And most people, 99% of their life is lived by this way. It's the ego literally running. That's why people say you're not living your life. You're living your mind because you're just, you're, it get, your ego gets you to think in the future and the past constantly because it can't survive in the present moment. It can't, it, you know, the minute you are 
have you ever been in like a really like even maybe it's a sports situation or you've been on stage speaking or you've been in like a life or death situation or f- close to one if you ever have the 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 mind itself just all the, all of a sudden stops operating just stops operating the minute it stops operating because it realizes oh this is way over my board boom and it just and the rest you kick in so i know we've talked about this before and that's how i exactly how i felt when i was on stage with gary yes in front of like i don't know 10,000 people or whatever and you i was just there yeah so it's like that feeling where you're and you've mentioned it before like in sports or whatever where that's when people talk about like the flow yeah 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 it's in all the all that is is just another word for saying i'm in the present moment <laughs> because in those times that you are in like a like if you're skiing through woods really fast you don't have time to mind doesn't go hey i wonder what it'd be like to be in florida right now because there's so much happening right now that the mind actually shuts off and you just get into your flow. Mm-hmm. You get into your rhythm, you get into your flow, whether that's a singer. I mean, you see in all these different places, they get so in the present moment. And in that moment, there's nothing wrong. That's mm-hmm. why I always use the question is, what is wrong with this moment? There's nothing wrong with this moment. The only thing that's wrong with this moment is when your mind takes you out of the moment and brings you in the future and the past. That's where fear shows up. That's where anger shows up. That's where, you know, on the, on the other side, that's where good feelings can come from because you future... You use it to escape from the mind. Now, if somebody's thinking like, I'm not going to use my mind to plan for my future. Absolutely you do, mm-hmm. but you just do it from a different place. Right. You're not doing it to escape from the current moment. You're doing it to actually um, be strategic in your motion. And when, you, when you're coming from the present moment, the future actually, you have so much more clarity on how to plan for it and what to say. It's just a completely different place than saying, I'm going to imagine myself winning the lottery and what that's going to feel like. That is you escaping the present moment. Mm -hmm. And here, and this is a really deep understanding of this, these concepts, whether you have anger or jealousy or hatred or um, envy or self-worth issues, it doesn't matter what it is. You can never work on them in the future or in the past. The only place you can go to heal any of this or work on this is in the present moment by sitting with the emotion. By sitting with it, I mean like you literally are there. You're not allowing it to take you to some future moment. You're actually healing the energy that's there, allowing it. You go to this word, you go into surrendering to the energy, Mm -hmm. which allows you to be with it. And that's the only time you can heal it. That's actually the only time you can truly work on yourself. That's why all of this movement has been about how do I work on myself? How do I wake up to stay present for these emotions so I can work through these emotions? But most of us, the energy is so strong that it just takes us out of the present moment and it gets us into the future. What are they going to say? I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do that. And then all of a sudden you're 18 layers deep in the mind mm-hmm. and you're just so far, um, you know, gone that it's very difficult to come back to this. So what does all this have to do with money um, and for what you're spending? Because at the root of everything, when you're not okay inside, you'll always look to external um, things, vacations, relationships, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and particularly money is an easy one. I was going to say, yeah, money is an, it's just an easy You'll look to that as a way to escape in the future of some moment instead of dealing with the issues now. The really cool thing is once you learn to deal with the issues and be in the present moment more, the things that you're searching for, like the money and all those things, come much easier. And then you just get to play. This is the word I love to use. You just get to play with the form. Have a car, awesome. Have a, a boat or a plane, awesome. Have a big house, awesome. Don't have a big house, awesome. It just, to you, would not matter anymore mm-hmm. because you're just playing with the form. It's like, you know, if you just had like a, you know, a flower or like a, you know, yesterday I was walking through the woods with my son and I grabbed a piece of wood that I was just, 
holding in my hand and I just had it there. And it was, whether I had it or not, didn't really mean anything to me. And I was trying to give an example for people like you just, you, you probably have some of this stuff in your life. Like, you know, maybe you have a pen in your hand or maybe you have something that's just kind of like there. And then if you don't have it, you don't think about it that much. Mm-hmm. That's how it would be interacting with these larger things. Cause we do this all the time, right? It's like, Hey, I have, you know, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking of examples of things that you just carry around sometimes that you just have. Like if you had a tissue in your hand, right? And you use your tissue and you're done with the tissue. I mean, would you like, oh my God, I can't believe I threw the tissue out. My whole world's wrecked. Right. There's no attachment. <laughs> There's no attachment anymore. to it. And that's mm-hmm. what I mean by just playing. So when you see people just playing in the world, you're just playing with it. Like no attachment just, or resistance. There's no, yeah. There's just, so it, yeah. When, when the permanent, when the impermanence of life happens at some time it does, which we all have common in our entire world, it's like, I don't really have, I don't really like that person. I'm anything in common. Well, actually you have a lot more in common. You think you're both going to die in a very short period of time. And you're in your, and you're both here in this world and you're, and you're both constant changing. And that's just at the essence of this stuff. You just allowed your mind to do it. So when you, when you understand this, you, you no longer need money to start making you, um, trying to feel differently on the outside. You're now using it. So when you bring this exercise back to a thousand dollars, you start going through and, and you had said it like, you know, what's more important. this is where you get to just from a clear sense of place. Hopefully you start making real decisions. Do I need my kids to go to private school? Do I, you know, do we really need this third car? Maybe you do. I don't, it's not for me to decide. I'm not the whole point, whether you agree with me or disagree with me is actually irrelevant mm-hmm. because if you, if you agree with me or disagree with me, you're still taking a mental position. The whole point of this entire podcast of what it is is designed to create um, a for you to be the CEO of your life, to have curiosity for your own existence existence of what it is that you're doing. Right. Because I mean, that is, everybody is different and everyone, I mean, money again is such an easy example, but we're all going to express our, who we are differently. And some that comes out and maybe it's a car for some people. And once they're in a good, like a place or not by, you know, getting it from an identity perspective, but, or maybe it's a vacation or maybe it's none, it's none of those things. And it's uh, flowers for their you know, backyard. Yeah. You know, and you got to be careful on all of this because you can't renunciate life either because that's just taking another mental position. Meaning like this, if you, if you say, okay, I've listened to this and I've listened to all these people that talk about money, I'm just going to say no to money. I'm going to say everything. I'm going to sell everything. I'm just going to just walk away from money. I'm going to say it. That is just as strong of an ego as somebody saying, I'm going to go make all the money in the world. Mm -hmm. Understand there's no difference between either of those those perspectives. And so when you, when, when people say like, I hate money, it's just not good. That's just as much negative energy from that standpoint. Energy doesn't care whether you're actually getting those things. It's just taking a position to occupy you. So when, when people say that, like, Hey, I'm just going to go live in this thing. And it's like, you're fighting life or fighting materialism or, well, you know, it or, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Either. Some people who are like, well, I don't, I don't need anything. I can, exactly. I, I can survive on this and I can live on this. And it, but that is such an ego thing too. Like I can I don't need, I don't need to make anything and I can, I don't need anything or want anything. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. That and, and how they're saying it, you can tell. Yes. And it's, it's cause you can, you can come from a place of just saying, yeah, I don't really need anything. And like, you know, there's no attachment to the word. Right. And how they're doing it. But you hear some people, which is what they typically say is, why well, don't need any of that? Right. And you're I don't, just, I don't need that to. Yeah. Why would that per- or, yeah. like, or if you drive by, why would that person even need a big house like that? Right. You even saying that is just saying that I'm now taking yeah. a mental position of thoughts of saying I'm better because I don't have that or want it or or need it. Exactly. So people just got to be careful. I'm not always saying that I just, people need to understand that it's not about just even 
the people that want to get things is just as bad on the other side. So then you wake up and realize, okay, well, then I'm just going to bring myself back to the Dow, <laughs> the middle mm-hmm. of just saying, I'm okay. And I'm going to play with the world. I'm okay. And it doesn't matter if I have it or if I don't have it, I'm just going to go out there and create, I'm going to go out there and play. And that energy that comes, that excitement, that enthusiasm for just playing with anything, right? Just gets to be overwhelming and you could be playing with a box like a child <laughs> or you could be building a business or you could be manufacturing airplanes right there's just or singing or a school teacher i mean mm-hmm. the, the and the life is endless for what you can do so that's why when we go back to just starting this conversation around money i'm using money as a proxy to actually bring you to what it is that we need to do the work so when you're doing these exercises it's more of what is why do we have this like, right. I always ask, why do I really need, why do I really need this? Mm-hmm. And what's the answer there? And, and, and if, if the answer is there is like, well, I really need this. Cause I, I just, you know, I want to have it like, fine. You can go still go have it. Just understand why you're doing it. You may not, you, it's not like you're going to just hear this and go, great. I'm good. <laughs> good at anything. No, like it's a lot of work, but what you're doing is you're starting the work. Mm-hmm. And as you start this, you naturally will start falling into a rhythm of understanding why you're doing what you're doing and not just because you're, you know, it's, it's safe to ingest other people's answers in the West. We've just got this collective mentality that we have to go out there and accumulate. We have to go out there and own a home. I mean, a lot of stuff we do is in real estate, right? It's, you have to go at home. I don't know if that's true or not, right? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. The thing is for you, as you sitting down and doing these exercises, did the vacation really bring us happiness? Or am I saying I need a vacation because it's the future event that I'm thinking is going to bring me happiness or is the actual vacation. I've said this a couple of times in this podcast and I've said this in interviews. When you, when you go on vacation and you don't need the vacation um, to make you feel any different. For instance, for me, like when I want a vacation now, I don't feel any different, mm-hmm. right? I just don't, there's no, the experience is different. I'm playing with form. I'm now I'm on a beach or I'm in a mountain or whatever it is. I'm just, I'm playing with that, but I don't go there and go, Oh my God. I'm a like, different person. I'm a different person because I'm down here. Yeah. Man, I, get, I need to go back to vacation because that was just such an amazing thing to do. There's, I could be on vacation. I could be working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could be working. I could not. It, for me, it, it just doesn't matter. And when you hear people, it, it's, it, and it's, like, it's like that for a lot of people right now, right? A lot more people are waking up to that conversation and realizing that if you're really honest with yourself, did you get a lot of enjoyment from that vacation? Was it worth the 10 grand you spent? Or like when you were saying before, Right. I mean, you mm-hmm. just said, or can you have just as much joy and happiness from having a barbecue with a fire pit in your backyard? Mm-hmm. Right. Or in some of the, some of the best vacations we've ever been, part of this happened is some of the best vacations that we've ever been on was, you know, ones that were very, very low cost. Yeah. Um, and then we've had ones that have been really expensive and just the same amount of time, right? It's been just the same thing because you're just realizing like, yes, if you have the money and you can spend it, great. Go spend it, but don't put yourself in a situation that's causing financial harm or distress to your family because you think you need that to try to make you feel better or try to make your partner feel better. That is just a temporary band-aid. Or so you have something to Instagram yeah, and share with the exactly. world. Yeah. And so when you're building up, okay, what is really important about money? Um, you know, for me, like the kind of driving factor when I, let's just remove the consciousness conversation for a second. When I go with the actual money, um, convenience, 
time matter more than anything. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, spend money for time too. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I will. And that's a lot of people. And some people are like, I would never spend money on a, on a house cleaner because I can do it myself. Or I'll, you know. Uh, my husband. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll go mow my own lawn. I don't need to go pay somebody to right. mow my own lawn. Right. It's just not what I'm going to do. I don't need to do that, right? Um, so that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I just, I just want you to understand what, what it is that's driving for you. And then a lot of people, it's ex- experiences. Experiences mm-hmm. are great. That's the point. Everyone should go out and enjoy experiences. Just don't go out getting the experience to try to make you change a different, as a different person. Mm-hmm. The experience is not going to change who you are. The experience is just going to reveal more of who you are. And so that's why when you go through these things, if you can come to this centered place, then you're just doing it all and you're playing with it. I, I do. I mean, I don't know. I guess this question for you. Do you think, I feel like money is a, such an indication of what people value. Actually, when you were just talking, I started thinking about that. Like I value, I would spend money all day, every day to get other people to do things for me, mm-hmm. whether, you know, at home and just errands and like that sort of thing. And my husband is completely different and he like has pride in doing all these things himself and would never spend money on something that he could do on his own. Is that like a value difference in value or is that a, is that ego coming into play for either one of us? Well, I think it's, I think it's both, right? I think the ego is saying, why would I pay any money to do this when I don't need to do it? Um, there's still, if there's a mental positioning there, if you get distressed by having somebody else do it when you can afford it, then there's just a mental position that you're taking on this. It's just mm-hmm. a different side you're of right. the ego play, yep. right? It's just like the same thing as like somebody saying, I don't need any money. I don't need anybody to do that. It's right. the same thing. It's just the same play, just from a different, complete opposite side of things. Now, if you're saying, I really, <clears throat> I really enjoy cleaning my car because I like to clean my car, then clean your car. I really enjoy cleaning my house because it's just so much fun to clean my house. Then clean your house, right? If you have the means, it doesn't mean everything you do is going to have happiness. That's the, the whole point. When you're lying in your deathbed and you're not, most likely probably aren't going to have happiness. But you can achieve complete inner peace, which I said earlier will dwarf any happiness you ever thought you could ever have. Mm -hmm. This inner peace, that inner joy that people talk about um, is so much stronger than the fleeting moments of conditioned happiness that you just don't care about that anymore. It'd be like, imagine if a, a ray of sun got lost from its sun and it thought it was on its own until one day it realized, oh my God, I have this entire sun backing me. And it came and rejoined the entire sun. What a wake up that would be, right? And that's the same kind of thing when you realize this, you just bring yourself back to realize you are so much larger than this small individual self-concept that you've created. And when that happens, you then can start reevaluating where it is and what you want to put your money on. For most people though, just going back to the tactics of this, if you're spending more than you make or even, if you're spending even, even with what you make or if you're spending even with your means, you should be spending like 50% of what your means are and just always just putting some money away. And it doesn't mean don't go take vacations. It doesn't mean work your life away to something you don't like to do. I'm not saying anything at all. I'm just saying you don't need to go spend 10 grand on vacation. You don't need to go spend a bunch of money in a car. You can. And you can also save it, save yes. for it. And maybe you have to delay yes. going on that vacation for six months until you can actually afford it. Yeah. And it's just, it's just one of those conversations that's been coming up a lot right now um, in terms of, and it's a great time. It's like you said it earlier, it's a forced conversation to sit down. And what I would just really, if you take anything away from this conversation, what I really want people to do is to sit down and say, okay, well, what is really important, mm-hmm. right? What is important now? Because what you'll find is, and you probably have already experienced this, what you thought was an absolute gem of importance 10 years ago is probably isn't important to you anymore. Yeah. 
And then, so what you're thinking, so you understand that there's always this next concept. So what's important to you now may not be important to you 10 years from now. And then when you're lying, you know, when you're in your, your passage years, <laughs> right? When you're getting towards your, your own death, what you thought was important. By the way, you, there's books written about this. Everybody that talks about when they're lying on death, what's important, yet people dismiss that. Mm-hmm. Like somehow like that's not going to happen to them. Well, because it just seems so, so far, far out there. Because, far in the future yeah. or it'll never happen to or me. Or your mind yeah. will say, well, that's not me. I know exactly what it is. They obviously just I know what's this. really important. Yeah. 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 Instead of waking up and realize wisdom is applying a mental concept or a model before you really have embraced it yourself. So then you wake up and say, all right, well, then I'm going to take some of that in there. Then what really matters is, or even just contemplating your own death. <laughs> I don't want to get in this whole conversation, but literally, if you just, if you just contemplate your own death for a little while and really sit with it in the present moment, some clarity will come to you. What is really important? If I'm, if I'm literally about to die or I have a year left to, to live, does it really think about like the vacation or was it the depth of experience that you had with an individual. I was going to say that the connection, a meaningful connection. Because that's what matters. Else. It doesn't matter where yeah. you are. You could be in the basement having an enlightened conversation, right? And to do these different things. You know, I've heard, you know, um, very famous, you know, um, famous, I don't know if it's the right word for that, but um, just enlightened teachers saying, hey, I could sit in a prison cell and be just as happy no matter where I was, right? And Michael Singer is actually a great example of that because when he was going through the entire thing, if you read the book Surrender Experiment, mm-hmm. he literally, when they acquitted him from all the stuff that he was going through, he, if you remember, he said, I felt no different. Right. I, hadn't, I, didn't, I didn't feel a sense of joy. I didn't feel a sense of relief. It was just no different. For him, it was just a different, it, it was, was another, experience another experience that was just passing yeah. through. And, and, and yeah. when people read that, even the comments, when I've talked to people with the book, they're like, man, I don't know how he didn't feel relief on that. Yeah, I know. Right? Like, I don't yeah. know how he, like, all of a sudden he's thinking he's going to go to jail for 10 years and all of a sudden he's not. How do you not feel any relief? Well, you don't feel any relief because you let go, you surrender to life unfolding for it. And then you just concentrate. And if you have the inner peace, cause he, you could be anywhere. You could be anywhere. But yet the reason why they put people in solitary confinement in prison, like a prison inside a prison is because people can't handle themselves. And so that's why it's torture. Mm. That's why if you can't just be like, now is the great time. If you're at home, you know, forced <laughs> to be around your family or other people a lot, if you're restless, that's the, that's your opportunity to say, why am I restless right now? Why do I feel this way? Cause everybody, including me is going to feel that right now. Right. All, she, Cause all of our vices of yes, our, our places that disrupted. we, es- we escape are no longer, most of them are not available. Well, the escape's not there to right. distract us right. from exactly. ourselves. And that's why when you put somebody solitary five with their own thoughts, they go crazy <laughs> because they can't handle their thoughts. You take somebody, that's why people, why do you think like, you know, you go to the Eastern side, they go live in a cave <laughs> because they want to get away from everything and just be within themselves. To them, that is like Nirvana. <laughs> Right. And I'm not saying you go and you live in a cave. That's the whole point of business and spirituality is that like, go play with these things. But then where's the connection piece? If you're uh, for those people who are always by them, whether we're talking about solitary confinement, yeah. or we're talking about monks who want to go be on their own and be with themselves. Human connection, I think is such a, that's part of the human experience mm-hmm. or is it part of the human experience and mm-hmm. not part of the being experience? And how does that all work? Well, I think you're right in saying there on the physical side, there is a connection that you like to have with people, but you don't need the connection to feel God. You don't need that connection to feel complete inner peace and joy. That's not a byproduct of you feeling that way. So therefore people wake up and realize that's why the Buddha left his entire family. If you actually Isn't know that story. one of the, like one of the highest human needs though is connection. Well, that's a need created by another human being. 
is that like connection with yourself trumps that or connection with whatever the universal power is? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you realize you're the wave, part of the ocean. So if you're part of everything, which you are everything, so you're actually part of the rock, you're part of the tree, you're part of everything. We just use language and become separate. However, to answer your question, if you, if you take the highest state that you've ever felt in your entire life, the highest, and you multiplied it by a million, would you need anybody else around to make you feel any higher? They couldn't. The answer is once you're there, nobody else can make you feel any happier. But then when you come into a relationship, you're coming in to share it. You're just sharing love. You ever notice, and I had this conversation with my mom. Um, uh, hi, mom, who I know listens to this and she always <laughs> comments about it. But she, I was having this conversation with her. And one of the things I said is, I said, you ever notice that any very, very high beings that people refer to never had significant partners? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I the know. Dalai Lama. Yeah. Archbishop. Right. Um, Buddha. Yeah. They, he left. I mean, they never did because once what happens is you realize there's no difference in the love that I feel for you as I feel for them mm. or him or that tree or any of that, because you realize you're all universal. So there's no, there's no separation between the two. So then they don't need somebody because most people are coming into a relationship or coming into buying things with money to try to make themselves feel good. Yeah. That's interesting. That's, I mean, even Michael Singer, I know had a yes. significant other, but I mean, he really, I mean, he lived on his own. Yes, he does. And he yeah. still does. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all the I mean, Eckhart Tolle, look at the, you know, all these different th things. It doesn't mean you can't be in a relationship. We're not saying that at all. It doesn't mm -hmm. so people go like, wow, I'm just a little lost. Like I'm saying, <laughs> just don't be in a relationship. Yeah. No, that's not no. it at all. It just, I'm just saying, if you say you need to be in a relationship or need to be connected to somebody, you've now taken a mental position in a condition of your happiness. So you're still just taking a different side of it. Instead of saying, I don't need none of that. Nobody has the right to dumb up your own state of being. <laughs> Right. And so it, once you're whole and complete, then you just share. It doesn't matter where you are. You could be in a cave. You could be in the middle of a, you know, a, an, a classroom or you could be by yourself. It wouldn't matter. You know, Michael actually talks a lot about, he's like, I didn't want to get away from people. <laughs> I mean, he does. I mean, he loves and he sees over there and he's those people are just, you know, I just want to go and, and just experience the experience of experiencing myself. And it's just further down the road. And we've, yeah, taking a long, like, <laughs> long trail down from money. Yeah. But all of this really is, is relevant because hopefully even you just get to understand a little bit of this, it'll help you to decide, okay, what is it I really want to spend my money on? What can we save? What feeling am I really after by having this car? Yeah. Because I think that's less really, it, it feels to me less about where do I want to spend my money and really more of a question of we're using money as the tool yes. to get to the question, which is what's actually important Yes. to who I am. Yeah. And, and, and all of these are techniques to get you there. And at the, at the core of everything, I mean, in every spiritual teaching is all surrender, but that's, that's understanding there. But in order to get there, in order to be able to surrender to that energy that when you wake up in the morning, right now, like, cause people are disrupting their schedules. Mm -hmm. The number one thing I, I've, I've been communicating with people is like, do you have any pro tips around how I not eat so much? <laughs> no, I'm serious. People yeah. ask that and I, because they said, I wake up in the morning. This is what someone I was talking to yesterday. They said, I wake up in the morning with the best of intentions. Then all of a sudden later on, it's like, I just can't stop myself. I said, yes, that pull, that energy that drives you to eat and you're eating, knowing you shouldn't be eating. And yet you're still eating in the cupboard at nine o'clock at night. And then you put it away and you go get something more. That's not you deciding. That's the energy that's overtaking you to a point where you can't even control the energy that's there because it's so strong. And then I said, well, hold on though. I said, you just said it was too strong. You couldn't do it. But what if I offered you the next time you felt that and you called me and I said, look, I got $10 million, a boat, a car, and a house in Maui. Would you say no to that? Well, of course I would. 
Of course I would. I could say no to that. So you always are in control. It's just you have to learn how to exercise the willpower, exercise mm -hmm. your own ability to make decisions, your consciousness in there, because you always have control. It's how much do you want to dig deep to bring that control out? People talk about that finding your why, right? And that's really ultimately what that is. How much, how much, how deep can I get into it to override that energy that's saying and trying to take me over? And once you can override, and so all the techniques, what they do is they get you to, all the techniques are designed to start lowering that level of energy so that at some point it becomes manageable. Mm -hmm. And then over time, you actually just are so in control of it that it doesn't control your life anymore. That's your path to enlightenment. That's your path to spiritual freedom. That's your path to full liberation. And then again, once you start doing that, then the pull to buy a car, the pull to have a bigger house, the pull, all those things, no longer is in control. Then you get to decide at that point, where do I make decisions around my money, <laughs> right? And that's how it all pulls back together. Hey, if you like this episode of Business Meets Spirituality, make sure to subscribe to this podcast before you go so you don't miss future episodes. Or visit our website, adamhergenrother.com. That's H-E-R-G-E-N-R-O-T-H-E-R -E -E to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget, never give up on joy.